once again to the Irish in Sweden podcast, my friends. My name is Philip O'Connor and you are listening to the podcast for the Irish community right here in Sweden and indeed our Swedish brothers and sisters over there in Ireland and any relations between the two countries at all, you'll find it all right here on this podcast. As I've mentioned recently, uh, the last couple of weeks I've had a little bit of illness and that kind of thing, so uh, we haven't been able to put out the podcast as normal. They've been a, bit, a little bit late here and there. And then we had Dennis Harvey coming into the studio last week on Monday, so it came out late in the afternoon. And now normal service is about to be resumed, in a way, right? Because uh, I'm sitting here on Saturday night and I'm recording this podcast and I'm going to get it out to you on Monday morning, I hope. Uh, and then I'm going to be off to Dublin. So by the time you hear this, I'll be sitting in front of pints of Guinness Zero and pints of rashers and pints of sausages and pints of black and white pudding. And that's what I'll be doing for the next few days. And while I'm over there as well, I'm going to be meeting a representative of the Irish community in, or sorry, the, the Swedish community in Ireland there and that kind of thing. So it's all going to be very nice and positive and that kind of thing. Listen, there's a load going on, right? So over the ne- I don't even know how I'm going to squeeze everybody in over the next few weeks because there's so many guests that we want to to get to so many events that we want to get to but we'll do our best lads the first thing i want to tell you about before we get into the interviews and there's a couple of them this week is that on thursday in stockholm urban delhi eight half eight in the morning there the irish chamber of commerce in sweden lads the monthly breakfast is going on it's on thursday the 29th very special day leap year of course this this year uh, get down there if you can right so the irish chamber of commerce everybody gets together and there's a bit of a sort of networking event and a bit of crack to be had uh, but it's just it's a great event and I know uh, Molly Breen, who's working with me one day a week at the moment, she was down there the last uh, the last breakfast that they had a month ago. God, I'm you can't even believe that the whole month of January is gone and then February is gone and we're there again. But she had a brilliant time altogether, met loads of great people. And especially for somebody like Molly, who's kind of new in Sweden and building up her network and that kind of thing, it's a great thing to do. And even if you've been here for 20 or 25 years, because the gas thing is that, like, you know, I've bumped into people there who've lived here as long as I have and I haven't bumped into them before. And if you're involved in business or anything else like that, or if you're looking for employment or if you're just looking for a place to go and for a few else scrambled eggs and a drop of coffee get in there anyway so that is going on on thursday morning at uh, yeah around about eight half eight but if you go to the irish chamber of commerce in sweden website you'll find all the details of that there and you'll also find details of their saint patrick's day lunch uh, that's going to be on the 15th of march this year before the saint patrick's day festivities right so last year it was absolutely brilliant i was in there gary lavelle was in there uh, neil costigan uh, asked Chat GPT to write his speech and rather than writing a speech that he could give to the Irish Chamber of Commerce uh, I don't know what he gave for prompts lads but it ended up writing an obituary for Neil Costigan as if he was dead so he sort of read that and that kind of but it was good crack altogether and again the same thing meeting an awful lot of people from the state agencies and from the embassy and what have you uh, just a great networking event so lots going on with the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden and indeed with the Swedish Irish Society and the first conversation we have for you on this week's episode is actually an extension of the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden in one way and it's to do with an art exhibition that's coming up later on this year or later on this spring should I say called Arrivals. Now the idea sprung from something that happened with the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden uh, because Carrie Cook was very involved there over the last year and uh, she was very involved in setting up the gala dinner and that and they offered to, uh, a little bit of financial support if she was going to put together an exhibition. So she got together with Sarah Galligan and the two of them have put together this idea and at the moment they're taking submissions. As I say the theme is rivals and I thought we have to have this on the podcast because there's so many out there who are hiding your talent under a bushel boys and girls. There's great writers and 
there's great singers and there's great painters and not least great photographers and visual artists and people working with textiles and ceramics and all sorts of great stuff. So I said I'd have to get the girls on the podcast as soon as possible and just get them to talk about this. And sure, here they are for the crack of that. Stupendous. I'm delighted to get these two ladies onto the podcast. Now, Carrie, you're going to be known to most people after we visited your exhibition at the end of last year, right? With the mysterious Sarah Gallagher, this is your first time on the podcast. So uh, would you maybe start, Sarah, by explaining uh, when you came to Sweden and sort of what you're up to here? Oh, it's a long story. <laughs> I don't know where to start. Um, so, yeah, I've been in Sweden now five years. Uh, my partner's Swedish. Uh, we've been together 10 years. Um, so we spent the first five years in Ireland and after five years, it was my turn to move here, I guess. They're bastards for that, aren't they? They just get their yeah. hooks in here. They go, oh, let's try this out. And you're kind of, you know, like a bear yeah. trap. You're kind of stuck there, you know. Um, where are you working, Sarah? Did you Was it the job that brought you here or was it just the first no, thing you found? No, it was, it was Jenny that brought me here, my partner. So um, I suppose when I moved first, I was thinking I'll take a few months to get a feel for the place and look for a job and... But I ended up working in Texas Longhorn in Gamblestan the first week I got here with, um, you, I think, you know, Carl. Carl Stein, yeah, the owner of Tush. Yeah, it was him that gave me my first job when I moved here. Um, and then I suppose COVID came along and it wasn't good for the business. Um, and I started getting back into the textiles. I did a textile course. Um and then as part of that, I needed to do some work experience. And because of the textile industry, I suppose, has such an impact on the environment and stuff like that, I wanted to find a place that was more ethical and sustainable. And that led me to the job I'm in now, which is Oterbruket in uh, Hwarholmen. And it's not, it's not just textiles, it's everything to do with recycling. Mm. So I kind of went down the recycling route. Um, yeah. What's yeah, I think, I think the, the two go hand in hand because we're going to bring in your soul sister there, Carrie Cook. Uh, Carrie, yeah, we were exactly. at your exhibition. Uh, it's a sort yeah. of similar story. The things that Sarah is interested in are the things that interest you as well. How did you two get together and what's the idea behind this exhibition uh, that, that you're organising, so to speak, at the moment? Yeah, um, I suppose I was talking to Tara O'Neill and I was telling her about where I was career-wise and where I wanted to go. And then she invited me along to Carrie's exhibition and introduced us and uh, I had the idea of I'd like to uh, organize an exhibition of creative people within the Irish community and just to bring people together and to network and to see what different people are doing and interested in and Carrie I suppose was thinking the same thing and we were talking back and forward and it just happened I guess just exactly. one thing led to another. It was very, yeah, easy. A kindred spirit, I'd say, Sarah, when we bumped into each other at that exhibition. We uh, gabbled on for ages um, about about art and textiles and the Irish community. And um, we'd had that chat that week about, about, oh, could we do something? What could we do together? And then at the Chamber of Commerce gala, which I was involved in organising um, the Chamber of Commerce offered to um, sponsor 
an event for me for my artwork as a kind of thank you for the work that I have put in there for the gala and it was like a little aha moment well here's somebody with an idea and Sarah and here's me with a little bit of sponsorship money and why don't we go ahead and make this happen you make it sound so easy, Carrie. You know, it's like, well, we have an idea, we have a little bit of money, and all of a sudden, th that's not how these things work in my experience. How did the <laughs> how did the two of you sort of, you know, A, commit to one another to say, right, uh, this is what we want to do, and B, you came up with the team of arrivals. Why was that so important to both of you, that this would be the, sort of the jumping off point for what it is you want to exhibit? Yeah, I think we just continued to, like, stay in touch, didn't we, Sarah? And then we... Yeah got back in touch in the new you know I'd sort of mentioned to you that maybe the sponsorship money would be a good thing to do and we got back in touch in the new year and went shall we shall we do it and we had a meeting and yeah got on with it and you had you have a contact at the uh, embassy Sarah so you kind of contacted them to see if they'd support us also yeah yeah when um you, you were there as well, Phil, at the AGM, and it was when Barbara Jones was talking about them moving downstairs into that new space, and that kind of got me thinking as well, that how could that space be used? So that's why I thought to reach out to the embassy and ask them, would it be a possibility of holding something like that there? Mm. Um, so that's where that idea came from. Just so, so that was the, the Stockholm Gales. Yeah, so that was the Stockholm Gales AGM there last uh, yeah. November, I think it was, yeah. Um, yeah. So is this going to be, so for those who don't know, uh, the Irish Embassy in Stockholm is that whole slog I got on five, right? And they moved in there just around the time of the crash there. Beautiful views out over the water. Yeah. I'd imagine the rent is fairly hefty. But they're moving downstairs now. It has become known as Ireland House because um, Tourism Ireland have been there. Enterprise Ireland were there for a while. Board Bia have been there. And now they're moving into sort of a slightly larger space. Is this going to be the first event uh, that's held in this new embassy, do you think? We're not going to be in that space for this event, actually. But um, they they said they would host us in the residency. Okay. Yeah. So the ambassador's yeah. residence is, is in another part of town there. And it has been used yeah. in the past for sort of small gatherings. I think um, was it Dirani Griefa was there when she had her book, A Ghost in the Throat, translated into Swedish. And there's been many events there over. It's a lovely intimate place. And of course, it's the ambassador's home, which I think mm -hmm. is lovely that we get to go there. Um, arrivals, Carrie, it's, I think you're the, the last of the three of us to arrive here. Where, where did the arrivals idea come from? How did the two of you settle on that? Well, we spent quite a few hours sitting with semblas and other delicious uh, Swedish <laughs> snacks and big pieces of paper and brainstorming and trying to come up with ideas. And we got a little bit stuck for a while, didn't we, Sarah? And what you're going to call this, trying to communicate something to the Irish community about um, a connection and a belonging and inviting people into a space to share something of their creative work with the Irish community and beyond. Um, and then it was Sarah that came up with a few days later, this idea of arrivals. And as soon as you messaged me with it, I was like, that's the one. Yeah. Because I think we all have this feeling of arriving, whether you have arrived in a country to live or to visit, or perhaps, you know, you've arrived in a new part of your life and you stayed in your life, parenthood, older age, adulthood maybe you've arrived in a new work position in a new room that you weren't expecting to be in and having to sort of take your space in that situation and that being something that I think resonates with everybody hopefully mm -hmm. yeah and I think the, 
Oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead, Sarah. No, I was thinking the night itself when we all meet there at that point in time in the same place, it will in itself be an arrival, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. It's it's a fascinating idea. And as you say, it's something that uh, I think there was a WhatsApp group set up there and various ideas were bounced around. And then all of a sudden, this was the one. And shortly afterwards, there was graphics and there was like, you know, uh, an appeal for submissions and that kind of thing. It just made so much sense to everybody who saw it. So it's a brilliant idea. It's so simple, but it's brilliant. And there's so much scope for people to do things. Have you received any submissions so far? What kind of things are you looking for and how can people get them to you? Well, we have a um, Instagram account called uh, Arrivals dot twenty twenty four, which is useful to follow, and then there's a submissions email, which is arrivals dot submissions at gmail dot com. So if you email us or get in touch with us on uh, the Instagram account, we can send you a Google form, which will um, ask all the questions that we need to know about what kind of work you want to submit. But we're really open to any kind of creative expression. So that can be a painting, a drawing, some photography, some sculptural work, textile work, obviously, and also spoken word or poetry. You know, there's definitely an opportunity on the evening of the event to have a, a bit of performance. Lovely. Sarah, have you received anything? Have you been feverishly reviewing the work there now? And I say feverishly because I know you're not feeling great today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, there's a few people interested. We, we're trying to encourage people, you know, at all levels to submit. You know, um, I feel like there's lots of creative people in the Irish community here in Stockholm, and it's a great opportunity to show what they can do. Even if it's just something small, because I know a lot of people are busy in their full time jobs and it might be just a hobby on the side or they feel they haven't the time. But I, I'd encourage them to maybe take half an hour or an hour to do a little sketch, write, write down a plan or a proposal and send it in, see what happens. If the submission is accepted, you know, sometimes you need a deadline. So if, if your submission is accepted, it might encourage you to do something. So I'd say just take that step. Yeah. Have you been surprised by any of the feedback that you've got so far, Carrie? The kind of people that you thought, oh, well, I didn't think that person would get involved. We're not going to name names here because we don't know what's going to make up the exhibition. But has there been anything surprising so far that you've received? I think it's been really interesting to see people pop up into this new um Instagram group and to sort of add me as a friend as well to go like oh I didn't know that Irish person who is clearly an artist or has an artistic expression and that there are did I hear seven and a half thousand Irish people in in Sweden is that the right number um but you know we we only know a, a few of them um and it's lovely to connect with some new people and what I'd really love is to have a mix in the room of maybe professional artists and people who do call themselves artists already and people who maybe wouldn't dare to call themselves an artist yet but have that sort of burning desire to to create something and to test that space um and just you know sending us a sketch of an idea is absolutely fine at this stage you don't have to have a fully completed work as Sarah says it might give you a little a little nudge to get something finished perhaps you've got something unfinished in progress that needs to to make it to this exhibition 
Um, and that it, you know, the people that are going to be in the room are a very open and caring audience. You know, it is a lovely group of people who will be invited. Hopefully some, you know, collectors or curators of other exhibitions will be there. Um, we're certainly going to open that invitation out, but that it is an, a wonderful opportunity. And I think to be in the ambassador's residence is a really, um, yeah, a very cool experience to get to exhibit in such a prestigious place, but to an audience who are very warm and welcoming. So it's quite, it's a great opportunity, but it's low risk at the same time. So I'd love people to be brave. Yeah. Um, Sarah, uh, Carrie mentioned there that we're talking about professional artists, we're talking about people who maybe wouldn't use that label for themselves, people who might sit and write songs or poetry or, or make sketches, you know. What would you say to somebody who's sitting there going, oh, Jesus, no, no, that's like the Champions League. I couldn't be involved. That's not my level at all. I'll just sit here in my little corner. Because really, they're the kind of people that we want to encourage. You know, if you've never done this before, yeah. this is your chance, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah, that's, that's what we're trying to do. Um, like, in a way, I feel like everyone is creative and everyone has something that they can share. Um and everything isn't for everyone so i would say don't be so self-critical and enjoy maybe enjoy the process and enjoy doing what you like to do and take that risk of sharing that with other people and you you never know what might come of that i think it's about like what you said being brave taking that step taking a risk see what see what happens uh, I'll have to turn the spotlight back on the two of you now and say, yes. will you be submitting your own work to this? Will the pair of you be part of it? Or are you yeah. going to sort of take a step back and be the yeah. exhibitors? So I've already submitted and it hasn't been accepted yet now. But <laughs> Harry, Harry's, Harry's <laughs> reviewing it. <laughs> and um, no, uh, Carrie submitted a lovely piece. Uh, I don't want to spoil it. I don't want to give anything away. But uh, yeah, really inspiring. And um, the fact that it's ethical and sustainable art and design, I think that's good too. Yeah. What do you what do you see beyond this, ladies? Because this it's a brilliant idea. Uh, is this something that you hope to repeat? Maybe not necessarily as arrivals in twenty twenty five, but would you like to make this something that we do maybe every year? Definitely. Um, yeah, I think it's important that we find ways to connect with the Irish community in new and different ways. I think the sports is really strong at the moment and the business community is really strong. And obviously there's the Swedish Irish Society who do loads of really cool, fun things. We've got St. Patrick's Day coming up. That's really going to be wonderful. But I think particularly in times when the world is troublesome and people can feel alone and isolated and concerned, um, art is, has always been the BAM it has always been the way that we make sense of the world and to have opportunities twice a year once a year whatever that might be for us to grow something for the Irish community here and reaching into the Swedish community that we take a, take a place have something to say and that we use art as a way to connect with each other um, I think is really yeah a good thing in the world right now. 
Brilliant. Let us go through the contact details one more time, right? So the Instagram account is arrivals.2024 at instagram.com. And it's is it arrivals.2024.submissions at gmail.com is the email address. No. No. Um, right. So so we leave it to you to do that right then, Carrie. <laughs> the email address is arrivals.submissions at gmail.com arrivals.submissions at gmail.com right let me make a note of that because as soon as I've hung up on this call here I might make a little submission myself and we'll see what yes, date is the exhibition going to take place at the ambassador's residence do we have that in mind yet yes 18th of April the 18th of April in the ambassador's residence right here in the heart of Stockholm and presumably it's open to all of the Irish community in Sweden it absolutely is, but it will be an invite only because it's the ambassador's home. So we need to make sure we have a list. Um, so if you do want a ticket, please put that in your diary and we will. Um, you can either email us on that address or there will be an address coming up to um, register for tickets to the event. Fantastic. We will carry all the news of the tickets and how you get hold of them. Uh, we will carry no news of the submissions. We're not going to say anything about them until the night itself on April the 18th. Uh, you can put me down for one of those tickets because I'd definitely like to of be course. there to witness this. But uh, for now, ladies, thank you very much for talking to me. And do get back to me if there's any changes or anything, any reminders you want to put out there, because this is definitely something we want to feature on the podcast. But for now, thanks very much indeed. Thanks, Phil. Thank you, Phil. There you go. Aren't we absolutely blessed, boys and girls, with all the amazing creative people that we have in uh, in the Swedish Irish Society and the Irish Chamber of Commerce in Sweden and basically all over the country. It is tremendous altogether. Jesus, you could get all excited about talking about how great we are as a Swedish Irish community. And I want to shine a light on another bio who deserves uh, a little bit of your support, if you can muster it at all. Because uh, the, old, the old wages dropped in there, lads, 25th there on Sunday, right? So everybody got the few bob after Christmas. And this is hopefully one where uh, all the credit card debts were paid off and you can finally have a point in peace without looking in your handles bank and, or your swed bank or your nordea and going you know you know that way when you log into your bank app and you have to cover one eye because you don't know what's going to happen listen jack o'kane is going to be doing the vasa uh Uppet sport for those of you who don't know um what vasa Luppet is it's basically hell on skis right my wonderful wife did it last year 90 kilometers lads Twenty thousand people i don't know if there's twenty thousand people ten thousand people i don't Loads of people be doing it anyway, and the snow just being shite altogether and that kind of thing. So it's a really, really tough challenge. But there's no better buckle than Jack for doing these kind of things, right? An amazing footballer. It, like, don't tell him, but I'm still annoyed that he doesn't play more football with the Stockholm Gales because he's just he's just a forever man. You just throw a ball in front of him and he run all day. And now he's switching into the skis, right? But he's not just doing it for the crack because you would never do something like that for the crack, right? He is doing it for a group called Ayabaya Cancer, which is a children's cancer charity right here in Sweden I haven't asked him why he chose it I don't know if it's a personal thing if it's just something nice that he wants to do and if he wants to come on and tell me he's more than welcome to do so all I know lads is that this, it's the kind of thing that we should be supporting right so if you have a fiver or a tenner or a hundred crowns or five hundred crowns if you won the euro millions right if you're the person in Yislaved down there uh, towards the west coast who won the 173 million crowns congratulations but throw Jack a few bob right I will um 
include the link to his little sponsorship page uh, in the show notes, right? So it's there for you. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can just go down and you can click on that then and you'll be able to go in and make a little donation there too, Jack. And please do, because it's one of those things that, you know, there's enough of effort and enough of training and, and it's actually quite expensive as well. You have to pay for your spot and you have to go up there and you have to stay overnight and that kind of thing. But everything that he brings in is going to be going to Ayabaya Cancer. And I think it's it's just it's worth our, our respect and it's worth our support as well. If you'd like to support this podcast, which are 173 million that you won in the Euro Millions, uh, patreon.com forward slash man in Stockholm. Patreon.com forward slash man in Stockholm. That's a fiver a month, right? Uh, so if you can throw that in, absolutely brilliant. I'm really trying to grow that because it's nice to have the money coming in once a month, just sort of ticking away there so that we can pay the rent of the studio and Molly Breen can get a few bob and Aunt Morrissey can get a few bob because they work very hard for me trying to develop the audience and that kind of thing. Great people all together. Uh, if, that, if you don't fancy that, right? I, now, I was never much at the sums, lads, right? But five euro months, 12 months of the year, what's that? 600 crowns, give or take? You can swish that to 123 2424 And this is not... Uh, the kind of the you know the Irish councillor brown envelope brigade oh no no Jesus no my good friend Yulia and my accountant at my business controller Aubrey she will take care of all that she'll pay the mums if you need a receipt she'll fix that for you as well but yeah so that all goes into the the business bank account and that's all above board and everything and as I say these little contributions are what help me to keep going because like you know there have been times I was saying in the last few weeks that especially when I sort of missed one or two things that I had to do there that you go okay I have to do a podcast or I have to do paid work and okay usually I've done the paid work most often I haven't really I just I'd prefer to be doing this podcast for you but if you could throw in a few Bob that would be absolutely tremendous altogether listen our second interview of the week is an absolutely it's one of those things I love that just pops up right so there I was on Facebook in the Svenskar E Dublin Facebook page right and the reason I was there is because the Swedish people over in Dublin were worried because they didn't find that many Swedish goods in Lots and Co in Clontarf now the regular listener will remember that I was down there with Rory before Christmas checking up on him and making sure that he got in the Yule must and everything else that was necessary for our Swedish brethren and sisters over there in Dublin, right? And uh, so I had to get on to him, but while I was there snooping around anyway, sure didn't I see a post from Amy Frank's husband, right? Who's Amy Frank's is you? Well, look at Amy is who you're going to be hearing from now. She's living down below in Malmö for the last good while, studying Lund, all that kind of thing. She'll tell her own story now in a second. But what she's looking to do is she's looking to swap homes with somebody when her baby is born in May, right? Well, not directly now because look at her, she's going to be busy enough there, right? But around next February, next March time, they're figuring the baby will be big enough, bold enough to look after it. No, no, they're going to bring the baby with them, lads. Don't let me, don't have me saying things like that. Let there be no doubt about that, right? Uh, so they want to bring the baby back to Ireland basically for a couple of months and live over there and see if they can, you know, uh, indulge in a little bit of Irish culture while they're at home on maternity slash paternity leave, right? So I said I'd have to get in touch with her. And I added Amy on Facebook, and the other day we had a lovely old chat on Zoom over, over about how she got here, and the work she does here, and where the idea came from. So, if you do happen to know any Swedish people in Ireland, and look at, there's a load of us who do, you know, we bump into people and that kind of thing, and, you know, people are married to sisters, and they're married to cousins, and they're married to second cousins, and third cousins, and half the village is married to a Swede at this stage. So, do spread this around among them, and we'll drop the link here and there, and you never know. I would really hope, I'm just fascinated to see how it goes if they do do it so uh, if you can help her out with that do but anyway here's amy frank talking about moving down to lund to do a bit of studying and uh, staying there ever since enjoy 
Amy, we'll get to your wonderful family news in the very near future. But could we just start with how you came to be living down below there in Malmo? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I moved to Sweden, actually from London in 2017, to do my master's degree in media and communication uh, in Lund University. And I sort of had this idea that I would go home uh, straight after that, but uh, that didn't materialize. Uh, and then I met my now husband and uh, the rest is history, you know. Okay, so now, now I did say that I'm not. there's not going to be an interrogation, but there's a few details we have to go through here. When you said you were going to go home, what was stopping you? Had you met your now husband at that point? Or were you just going, there might be a husband out here for me, I'm going to hang around for another way? There might be a husband out here. Do you know, I had met him at that point, but at that point it wasn't serious at all. So I, he was he was really not in, in the accounting for that. But I think, um, to be perfectly honest, I think at the time it was, I, I felt, I was like, no, I'm really enjoying living here. I'm not ready to go home yet. But then also people were telling me the housing crisis is, desperate don't come back um and that really did factor into my decision and then yeah. you end up you know getting a job and you have your friends and you know time just goes on and here we are uh yeah. it's like boiling the frog isn't it you know if you throw me into the pot of yeah. boiling water you'll hop out but now like you know so when it happens slowly and all of a sudden it's what well, that's seven years ago now amy you know so time flies yeah. all together you know and um, what what is lund like okay we've obviously spoken to people from malmo on the podcast before and we visited there and that kind of thing but being a student down there what was that like because it's a very popular university isn't it that was lovely. It was it, it was lovely, actually. I think there's there's like this very, I think for us, of course, like quite foreign sort of uh, student culture there with their um, associations. And it's it's all I mean, it's lovely, but it's all very highly organized in a way that my <laughs> is, uh, is maybe a bit strange. But no, it was lovely. I did feel um, that when I came in, um, most people here would go straight from doing a bachelor's to doing a master's. But I had worked before. And so there was a bit of an age gap. Um, so I kind of felt whilst Lund was really lovely, like um, I felt I kind of want to move to Malmö um, within a year mm. uh, when I got when I got here. So, mm. yeah. And you, you said that you were studying media and communications there. Is that what you were working with in London before you came over? Yeah, was. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. Is it secret what you were doing over there or can you reveal some of the details? I was working for a PR agency that specialized in NGOs um, and uh, charities, and then also for a Palestinian NGO as well. Uh, so, yep, doing the media there. Jesus, that might be a whole other podcast there with, uh, when we think about what's going on there at the moment, you know. And um, was it easy then to find a job? Because some people who come over, they learn a little bit of Swedish. But, you know, as you say, you were planning to go home. So sometimes they just go, yeah, I'm not going to bother with that, you know. So did you get stuck into the language or was that something that you had to do at a later date when the husband got his hooks in you? Yeah, you know, um, I've always I've always really liked learning languages, so I was just learning it myself just for fun. Um, but um, I would say, of course, as a native English speaker, like it, it is actually a bit more challenging to find a job. There's not many. And particularly if you're going to work with communications professionally, your language has to be like, you know, tip top. Um, that's what you work with. So it's um, so the jobs I have found have been uh, ones where it's only English required. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so, was that the, would you, would you have your picket jobs down there doing that? Or was it sort of, you know, okay, these are the only things on offer kind of thing? Oh, definitely not. I'd, I'd say like, you know, 90% of the things that are advertised are of course in Swedish. I mean, it makes sense. Malmö is also, a, you know, it's a small regional city. It's not, uh, it's not Stockholm. So it's, uh, you have to be, you, you do kind of have to cast the net quite wide to find uh, English speaking jobs only. Did you ever think of casting your net across the other sun there towards Copenhagen? Because obviously there's a lot of people who commute over and back there and maybe there might be a little bit more going on there for somebody of your talents. 
Yeah, indeed. I actually did work in Copenhagen for a little while whilst I was studying um, for a student job to finance the master's. Um, and I did look there, actually, but I I think actually just chance, to be perfectly honest. I found a, found a job in uh, Sweden first and then, you know, one thing leads to another and uh, and you end up staying here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's great. That sort of sense of job security and stability in that where you can actually get a job and go, you know what, I'm good. I don't have to go over that bridge every morning, you know. Listen, the, the reason we got in touch is because you have some wonderful news on the family front. I believe there's a baby on the way, is there? Yeah, there is. There is. Yeah, it's lovely. Our first uh, our first child. So, yeah. And, and, and when is, is the planned, the, the planned launch, as they say in communications? <laughs> and launch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. The campaign goes live on May 16th. So uh, Fantastic. <laughs> I love the jargon now all of a sudden. May 16th. But yourself and your husband have decided, or not decided, but you started discussing the possibility of maybe not spending all of your parental leave in Sweden. So what's the plan behind that? Yeah, I mean, I mean, of course, it's, uh, you know, it's a special time and, and it would be really lovely for us and um, and our new uh, baby family member uh, to, you know, spend some time in Ireland as well with friends and family. So um, we were looking at um, uh, how could we do this practically and uh, we wouldn't really want to be landing in on top of anyone. I think it'd be important to us to have some like <laughs> some space as well, especially if, um, as we want to be there for a couple of months, actually. Um, so, yeah, we were thinking how can we do this and looking at the frightful sort of rent prices and you know the logistics of also renting somewhere very very short term with a small baby um and then we thought yeah well maybe there are other people in a similar situation who'd like to do a straight swap <laughs> so yeah. i think i saw your husband posted in was it the swedish people in ireland svenska Irland uh group that that he had posted in I think it was Svenskari Dub uh, Dublin. And, Dublin, uh, okay. It was actually myself, but I did have help from him to uh, to to uh, correct my grammar. <laughs> that, that was very kind of him because he did a fantastic job. It was beautifully written yeah. all together. Have you had any feedback? Have you had anybody going, yeah, here you go. I have a four-bedroom mansion here, whatever, that kind of thing. No? No, they haven't yet, but uh, we are hoping for that day when the four-bedroom mansion uh, appears. But, you know, you never know. It's, it's a real long shot. But, yeah, someone might see it and uh, think that this is this could suit them too. Yeah. Was that one of those things, though, that, you know, the, so the generous parental leave is certainly something that I was lucky enough to be at home for a total of 10 months, even mm. though I'm self-employed with, with my kids uh, in the beginning, not that they're children anymore. You know, was that something about Sweden that you went, OK, yeah, I think that's also going to be part of staying for me? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you know, we we did look at the moving back to Ireland, um, you know, you know, we're in that sort of life phase where you start to think about having a family and so on. And we did look at it and the crippling price of childcare um, and also the sort of crap parental leave. Uh, you know, there's maternity leave, but there isn't much in the way of paternal paternity leave there. So, yeah, absolutely a factor in us uh, staying here for that for that time. Yeah. Yeah, I think my my younger brother had sort of three days unpaid leave when his first child was born about 10 or 11 years ago, which just, you know, for somebody who's lived in Sweden for 25 years, you know, you're almost crying blood when he's telling you these things, you know. Um, how far are you prepared to go now? Because obviously you put that out in the Svenskari Dublin group. Uh, you haven't really got any response yet for somebody who wants to swap apartments for two or three months or that kind of thing. Would you be prepared to just up sticks anyway and Airbnb or that kind of thing? Or is it like, how important is it to you, I suppose, is what I'm trying to say. It's actually pretty important. Yeah, like this, this is the plan. So we will figure it out one way or another. I mean, um, we, we will scour daft, uh, you know, like our lives depend on it and, um, and see are there friends or family who know of a place going that will be empty for a little bit or you know we, we will somehow figure it out but you know 
ideally uh, we wouldn't be paying a double double rent <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah. So I suppose you could probably find somebody to take over your apartment down south there. That that probably isn't the problem. It's finding somewhere in Ireland is probably the, the greater exactly. issue, exactly. you know. Yeah, and yeah. if anybody wants to get in touch with you, if anybody is saying that they're sitting on some sort of, you know, a loft apartment in, you know, Grand Canal Dock or somewhere like that, you know, how is the best way to get in touch with you? Is it to sort of to find you on Facebook and that kind of thing? I think it is. Yeah. And I think, um, I mean, uh, we would expect that uh, the people who would be interested would also be Swedes in Ireland uh, or Swedes in Dublin. So if you're a part uh, or if your partner is part of one, uh, if you go to the Svenskari Dublin uh, Facebook page and look for my name, Amy Frank, then uh, yeah, you uh, you do get in touch. Uh, we'd love to talk to you. And also it could just be fun, you know. Uh, exactly. Nice but yeah. I'll tell you, if I had a property in Dublin, I might swap with you just because it sounds like so much crack, you know. Yeah. Listen, I want to ask you, that Svenska and Dublin page is one of those things that, you know, we sometimes look for people there. We do interviews with people there. We interviewed Rory from Lutz and Co and that kind of thing. But when you're down in Malmo and you're looking for the sort of the comforts of home, you know, getting potatoes and sausages and that kind of thing, is that the kind of thing that, that you want to get? Or is it the kind of thing that you have access to down there? How do the Irish community down there survive for Cadbury's chocolate? Do you know there's a there is actually a British shop there, but it seems to be they seem to have copped onto the fact that there are Americans, Australians, <laughs> Kiwis, Canadians, uh, and Irish people uh, in this area as well. So it provides all the berries that you could want. Um, I think it even has uh, rashers and black pudding and like you know like there it is it is there. So it's very convenient. We'd be heartbroken if they closed actually. <laughs> And would you be hanging there on the like you know every Friday morning or go right? I have to get me sausages for the weekend now, kind of thing, or is it just a rare occasion you'd be down there? It's a rare occasion, and I think I've been abroad for like uh, eleven years now, so you know the the hankering after rashers does fade somewhat in that time. <laughs> Not with some people I know around here, you know. In general, do you have a lot of contact with people in the Irish community down there, or do you sort of keep to yourself and the people that you work with? You know, it's funny because actually I would say no. Um, when I lived in uh, when I lived in Amsterdam, it was completely the opposite. I was like fully enmeshed in the GAA there. But um, but here in uh, in Sweden, no, actually, um, I think it's just the way it's turned out. When I started my master's degree, I sort of had a ready-made group of friends there, and then uh, then your life fills up quite quickly. So yeah. Is it something that you think about, or like the rashers? Is it one of those things you think, okay, at this stage of my life, I could probably get by without it? You know. <laughs> Sorry, what, what's the question, Dave? If I can get by without rashers in my life? <laughs> oh, but rashers and Irish people in general, you know, they're pretty much the same food group. <laughs> no, I mean, there are some people I know and it is it is nice to sort of like now and then meet up and just have a chat. And you do have things in common, of course, you know, like things that you can kind of like give out about or... Uh... <laughs> or house you know, prices being the main one like you know exactly or wonderful uh you know uh indoor um <laughs> sort of warmth in sweden why is it so bad in ireland etc but uh you know yeah do you think that's going to change now when the baby comes along because one of the things i discovered my eldest was born in 2004 and like these things were always important to me but the swedish irish society and the parades and all that kind of thing and having something that wasn't coming directly from me, but from the other Irish people that I know here became really important to be over. And I didn't expect that. Do you think that you, that that might sort of trigger something new now when the baby is born, when the campaign is launched on the 16th of May? The campaign is launched. Yeah. Yeah. I think it might actually, um, we have, we have to see, but I'm, I'm glad that there is a GA here. Uh, someone did try and recruit me uh, a while ago, but uh, I was like, I've been, been down that road before and, uh, and uh, not this time, but, but um it might, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, pregnancy, 
Yeah, pregnancy used to be known as a back injury in the Stockholm Gales back in the day. So, oh no, I can't play this season of a back injury, you know. And the back injury got worse and worse, you know, as uh, as the baby approached and that kind of thing. So it is something that maybe you might be open to in the future anyway. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Let's see. Brilliant. So one last question. Where is your humble abode now down in Malmo? Is it sort of, you know, in a very central location for those Swedish people in Ireland who are listening to this who go, oh, geez, I fancy a bit of that now. Or are you way out in the sticks? No, we are very, very central Malmo, actually. So we're just by uh, St. Pauli Circa. Um, and it's, uh, it is a lovely place to live, I can say. It's very green. There's the church right there. There's like a little playground and, you know, you can walk everywhere from here. So, yeah. Fantastic. And the time period that you're looking at, Amy, is it kind of over the summertime? Uh, no, actually, we are thinking uh, February, March next year. So, you know, not not known as uh, as the sort of golden months in either of our countries. Far from it. But that's what suits us um, in terms of uh, our baby being uh, born and uh, maybe a bit older so we can get a, get a hang of the whole thing before traveling. Yeah. You want them fairly hardy before you bring them back to Ireland and the uninsulated houses and that kind of thing, don't you? Precisely. Yeah, they need to build up a good layer of fat to survive that, I'd say. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. Well, anybody who would like to swap homes with Amy in February or March next year for a couple of months so that herself and her child and her husband can enjoy living in Ireland for a little while and you can come back and enjoy living in central Malmo. If you can't find Amy on Facebook, you can get in touch through the Irish and Sweden podcast. Amy, we've been delighted to have you on and do keep us informed as to how it goes. This is going to become a, a long runner, I think, on this podcast. And we keep <laughs> up with you and see how you get along. But for today, thanks very much indeed for talking to me. Thanks a million, Philip. There you go. Isn't Amy lovely altogether? I really, really hope that they manage to get that whole thing sorted out because it'd be brilliant altogether to find out if she was able to go over there and, you know, with the baby and with the husband and everything else like that and really enjoy some time in Ireland whilst uh, they're all at home on parental leave. It's always great to hear. And, of course, the next generation of Swedish-Irish, uh, a growing family, if you like, all over the country. Listen, if you have anything, do get in touch, right? Um, I'd be really interested in hearing from people above in Yavla and for the companies up there I haven't been up there in a while now and I haven't been talking to anybody up there in a while and I know that there's going to be events this year on St. Patrick's Day around the 16th and the 17th there right there's going to be a parade again in Malmo I'm sure I have to get down and talk to Peter Miller as soon as I can actually and then there is going to be uh, something going on in Gothenburg as well. I get down to, actually, I'll go down there soon enough. So I'm going to have a chat with Ian Maloney about that and see what's going on down there. Uh, yeah, so there's loads going on. And of course, the, the parade, which is going to be the biggest parade we've ever seen here in Stockholm, it just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Like, you know, I wonder where all the people are coming from. There'll just be thousands at it every year. They're going, is there really this many Irish people in Sweden? Look, at, if not, if, if it's not Irish people, at least they are our supporters here anyway. And it's brilliant to see so many people coming out, you know, Gab Boland touring up about 15 Swedes ago. Yeah, no, it'll be great crack. Come on, lads, you know. So, yeah, uh, if you do have anything you want to let us know, do get in touch. I What I would ask you, I, f- I forgot to say it earlier on there, right? The money isn't the be-all and end-all. If you can throw a few bob into the pot for the podcast, that's deadly. But do me a favour and share it, right? Because, again, this week, now, Amy is one of those people that uh, I hadn't, I didn't know about Amy. Amy didn't know about the podcast and that kind of thing. So, if you do happen to know of anybody in your community, if you're studying, if you're working at Karolinska, if you're working at Volvo over there in Gothenburg and you happen to bump into another Irish person or somebody who's married to an Irish person or uh, I was talking to Noel Scullion the other day and there's two Irish lads working at uh, PricewaterhouseCooper and he's one of them and there's another chap I think he's from Galway who's working there as well and they never even meet and they're going okay lad would at least tell each other about the podcast anyway because the more people we have listening to it the more the easier it is to get sponsorship and all that kind of thing and to be taken seriously in general not that anybody should be taking me seriously lads listen I'm going to let you go I'll be back again as I say from Dublin next week we're meeting a Swedish person living over there who has an absolutely fascinating story that I can't wait to bring 
bring you right uh, if you need that in the meantime hit me up on social media don't forget to check the links in the show notes there because i'll put uh, the contact details for the arrivals art exhibition and indeed for jack o'kane's fundraiser there for ayabaya cancer when he's doing uh, vossel up that's it for this week my friends until next week take care of yourselves take care of one another and we'll be back again next monday morning with another magical episode if you don't mind of the irish and sweden podcast good luck <laughs>